Safety Net Studio presents. Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it. Hello, friends. Happy holidays and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we enter the Snyderverse for Netflix's Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. When I found you in the wreckage of that ship, I considered leaving you. I was afraid you could bring trouble to us. What do you think they want? Everything. We're just farmers. We're not a threat. They won't just kill us, will they? You're delusional. You think those soldiers will show their mercy? We're gonna have to fight. I am a child of war. I find warriors to fight with us. We might stand a chance. We're searching for soldiers for a fight against the mother world. I could help you. A small fee, obviously. When a peaceful settlement on the edge of a distant moon finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical ruling force, a mysterious stranger living amongst its villagers becomes their best hope for survival. Written by the team of Zack Snyder, Kurt Johnstadt, and Shay Hatton, and directed by Zack Snyder, Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire stars Sophia Butella as Korra, Jimin Honsu as Titus, Ed Screen as Atticus Noble, and features Michael Huseman, Bay Donna, Ray Fisher, Charlie Hunnam, Sir Anthony Hopkins, Staz Nair, Fra Fee, and Cleopatra Coleman. Zack Snyder has a pretty solid history of hits and misses throughout his career. He'll release a movie that is critically acclaimed, loved by fans, and take over a massive franchise. He'll then struggle with his next picture before coming out with another banger. And hot off his latest solid release, the much significantly better than its original theatrical release, the Snyder Cut of Justice League, he attempted to write his own take in the Star Wars universe. When that wasn't picked up by the House of the Mouse, he reworked it into what is now known as Rebel Moon. He has boasted about how the universe he created goes far beyond this two-hour and 13-minute film and will feature a sequel that's due out on April 19th, a board game, a book series, a comic series, and multiple spin-offs. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about part one. Story-wise, this movie is a bit of a mess. Watching this movie, you can see a ton of influence from the Star Wars universe, as well as other franchises and films, and you can see what barely got changed. You can also see where he tried to create his own world and where Disney likely pulled away. That said, it's definitely not a bad movie, but it's not a good one either. Anybody saying that it's bad is likely bought into the hype and were overly excited. I didn't. I expected very little from this movie, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. The reason I said it's a mess, though, is mainly because the movie kicks off as if the viewer is already aware of this universe, and all of its main characters, why there's a galactic civil war going on, and everything you need to know to understand the film. And even a voiceover from the amazing Sir Anthony Hopkins couldn't unmuddy the waters for me. Acting-wise, again, it's a bit of a mess. Some of the actors really buy into their roles and have a ton of fun. Most notably, Jimin Hansu, who turns out is an absolute beast, both physically and acting, in this movie. The dialogue, though, doesn't help the actors out a lot, but again, it's not all for naught. Not every first movie in a franchise 
franchise is going to absolutely suck you in. It just creates a world that you want to see more of. There are the odd occasions where the sequel is actually better, and regardless on how this movie is reviewed or how often it's streamed, doesn't even matter. The second film is already made and is in post-production and is releasing in a few months. Overall, Rebel Moon Part 1 isn't bad, but again, it isn't good either. I spent a lot of time on my phone during this movie, playing with the dogs, and eating dinner. But that's what I love about direct-to-streaming movies. They don't have to be amazing because we've already paid the price. I didn't have to go through the effort of getting theater ready, driving over there, spending a bunch of money on tickets and concessions only to walk out disappointed. And ultimately, when the credits roll, I just get to hit play on another episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine again and shed another tear over our dear captain. If you do watch Rebel Moon, enjoy it for what it is. The visuals in this movie are absolutely incredible, the acting is mediocre, and the story is just starting to scratch the surface. It has piqued my interest for the sequel. I give Rebel Moon Part 1 A Child of Fire a C+. Well, the holidays are here, so it's time to stand out at all the gatherings that you need to appear at. Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it off with an update from the DC Universe. With the release of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the DC Extended Universe has officially come to a close, and the lights are beginning to shine on James Gunn's DCU. Superman Legacy, which releases on March 4th of 2024, will be the first film in the DCU, and we finally have its synopsis. While it's brief, the summary says this. Superman, a cub reporter in Metropolis, embarks on a journey to reconcile his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringings as Clark Kent. Superman Legacy stars David David Korn Sweat as the Man of Steel, Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor, and Rachel Brosnahan as Lois Lane. It also features Isabella McCred as Hawkgirl, Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner the Green Lantern, Sean Gunn as Maxwell Lord, Edie Gathegi as Mr. Terrific, Anthony Kerrigan as Rex Mason, Sarah Sampeo as Eve Teschmacher, Skylar Gisondo as Jimmy Olsen, and Maria Gabriella DeFaria as Angela Spica. Now that Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom has been released, Jason Momoa has not been secretive about the fact that he believed he was originally going to be playing Lobo in the DCEU. Momoa told Fandango, quote, I auditioned for Batman and I almost didn't do it because I was like, this is silly. It's not going to be me. Why am I auditioning for Batman? But it was just a run-of-the-mill audition. And then I got called in right after Affleck gets announced. And I'm like, oh, f- of course I'm going to play the bad guy. So I was like, yeah, I'll come in, beat him up, Batman and Superman, and die like I do. And while the future of Aquaman in the DC Universe isn't clear, Peter Safran has said that Jason Momoa will always have a home at DC. In other upcoming projects, Ben Stiller has officially signed on to star in David Gordon Green's film Nutcrackers, which, according to Deadline, focuses on the work-obsessed Mike, who must reluctantly travel to rural Ohio to look after his four rambunctious nephews after their parents die in a car accident. What begins as a three-day trip to find foster care turns into weeks of farm life mayhem, and the realization that he doesn't need to find them a home, they found one for him. While doing press for his Paramount Plus series
series Lawman Bass Reeves, David Oyelowo has given an update on his Rocketeer remake. During an interview with The Wrap, he said, quote, We have forward momentum. I know you guys hear this stuff all the time, but we are in the script development stage, and if you're going to reinvigorate that beloved franchise, you better come with the goods. And so Eugene Ash is currently writing away, and we were talking about it only this week. We're all very committed to that, but it's going to have to be great, and we will not rest until it is. 1991's The Rocketeer starred Billy Campbell, Jennifer Connelly, Alan Arkin, and more, and was set in 1938 Los Angeles, California. It told the story of stunt pilot Cliff Secord, who discovers a hidden rocket pack that he thereafter uses to fly without the need of an aircraft. His heroic deeds soon attract the attention of Howard Hughes and the FBI, who are hunting for the missing rocket pack, as well as the Nazi operatives that stole it from Hughes. In other projects, Scream 7 has hit yet another speed bump, as director Christopher Langdon suggested on X that he has quit the film because his dream job turned into a nightmare. Langdon released the following statement, I guess now is as good a time as any to announce I formally exited Scream 7 weeks ago. This will disappoint some and delight others. It was a dream job that turned into a nightmare, and my heart did break for everyone involved. Everyone. But it's my time to move on. I have nothing more to add to the conversation other than I hope Wes's legacy thrives and lifts above the din of a divided world. What he and Kevin created is something amazing, and it was honored to have even the briefest moment basking in their glow. Scream 7 has seen the exit of two of their stars, Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega, and the desire now is to have original series star Nev Campbell return opposite her Scream 3 love interest, played by Patrick Dempsey. Over at Universal Pictures, the untitled fourth film to be directed by Jordan Peele has officially been removed from its upcoming release date of December 25th of 2024. While no new release date has been announced, it's likely to be bumped to a date sometime in 2025. One of the major reasons why Universal and Peel may have decided to change the release date is due to the Hollywood strikes that took place, which will delay their ability to begin production. Fast and Furious star Vin Diesel has hit a bump in the road, as he is currently being sued by a former assistant for alleged sexual battery. The assistant, Asta Jonathan, claims that in 2010, he pinned her against a wall in a hotel suite and masturbated in front of her. In a statement released to the Hollywood reporter, Vin Diesel's lawyer states that Diesel categorically denies the claim, adding that this is the first he has ever heard about this more than 13-year-old claim made by a purportedly nine-day employee. There is clear evidence which completely refutes these outlandish allegations. It was also announced this past week that Marvel actor Jonathan Majors was found guilty of assault and harassment by a six-person jury in New York State. He was also found not guilty of one of the counts of assault in the third degree and not guilty of aggravated harassment in the second degree. On the evening in question, Majors called 911 on March 25th, saying he found his ex-partner, Grace Jabari, unconscious in their apartment. Police arrested Majors after discovering injuries on Jabari, including a laceration behind her ear and a bruised and fractured finger. Majors denied any wrongdoing and pled not guilty to all charges. Very shortly after the announcement was made, Marvel has announced that they have released the actor from his contract, and he will no longer be playing Kang the Conqueror in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It remains to be seen at the moment if Marvel will recast the role or if they will take it in a completely different direction. Sticking with Marvel a moment longer, according to industry insider Daniel Rickman, Mr. Sinister is expected to be the villain in the upcoming X-Men reboot done by the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Rickman says that Marvel hopes to avoid using Magneto as the central villain of its reboot, considering his featured role in Fox's X-Men series. Rickman also said that Marvel's X-Men films will place more emphasis on female X-Men as opposed to Fox's approach. One of the chief complaints about Fox's X-Men films is how the film seemed to devalue and depower its female presenting heroes. Dr.
Dr. Nathaniel Essex, aka Mr. Sinister, was a brilliant Victorian-era scientist who was obsessed with deterministic interpretations of natural evolution, predicting the emergence of mutants in the near future. His intellect caught the attention of Apocalypse, a powerful mutant, and the very embodiment of Essex's predictions. Apocalypse genetically mutated Essex, transforming him into the first prelate known as Mr. Sinister. Throughout the years, Mr. Sinister became one of the greatest geneticists to have ever lived, skilled in cloning, creating new life, and even in the manipulation of mutant DNA for enhancing powers, incorporating mutant DNA into his own. Moving to the small screen, a teaser trailer was released for Adam Sandler's next film with Netflix, titled Spaceman. Just like you, I fled my planet through galaxies, through black holes, through time. And then I found you. Six months into a solitary research mission to the edge of the solar system, an astronaut, Jacob, realizes that the marriage he left behind might not be waiting for him when he returns to Earth. Desperate to fix things with his wife, Lenka, played by Carrie Mulligan, he is helped by a mysterious creature from the beginning of time he finds hiding in the bowels of his ship. Hanus works with Jacob to make sense of what went wrong before it's too late. The film stars Adam Sandler as Jacob, Carrie Mulligan, Kunal Nair, Lena Olin, with Isabel Rossellini and Paul Dano. Spaceman joins Netflix on March 1st of 2024. Netflix has also announced that the sixth and final season of their hit series Cobra Kai is expected to begin production next month. At a recent red carpet event, the folks over at Screen Rant interviewed cast member Courtney Hangler, who said, quote, I wish I knew. I just got the script for the, we're doing the last season starting in January, and I just got the first script, so I'll find out soon. Over at Prime, it was announced that the reboot of Roadhouse starring Jake Gyllenhaal as a UFC Fighter is expected to be released on March 21st of 2024. In this adrenaline-fueled reimagining of the 80s cult classic, ex-UFC fighter Dalton takes a job as a bouncer at a Florida Keys roadhouse, only to discover that this paradise is not all it seems. Gyllenhaal is joined by Daniela Melchior, Billy Magnuson, Jessica Williams, Joaquin the Alameda, and Conor McGregor. And finally, we once again end today on a couple pieces of bad news. FX has announced that the upcoming Season 6 of What We Do in the Shadows will mark the end of the series. What We Do in the Shadows is a spin-off from Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi's horror comedy of the same name and centers on three vampires who live together, Laszlo, Nadja, and Nandor, the former two who are husband and wife. Also living with them is a fourth vampire named Colin Robinson, who's an energy vampire. Instead of blood, he sucks the energy out of his victims by boring them to death with mundane anecdotes and bad jokes. The office is his feeding ground, but his powers also work on his vampire roommates. And finally, it was announced that Rescue Me actor and video game voice actor for characters like Max Payne and Agent Alex Casey from Alan Wake 2, James McCaffrey, has died Sunday of multiple myeloma cancer at the age of 65. Well, the holiday season is here, so if you're looking for somewhere to hold your holiday get-together, why not try something a little different? At Killer Noob Escapes at 740B Century Street, we offer the city's only two-hour escape experience, starting with Part 1, The Funhouse, followed by Part 2, The Upstairs. We also feature a two-person room called Buried Alive. Hold your gathering in our private dining room while being surrounded by the screams of Puddles' victims. Book today at KillerNoobEscapes.com. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at TalkingMoviesPC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, never set foot on the wrong side of history. Music